With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, this episode's sponsored by Save More Spirits. Check them out for all your beer, wine, and liquor needs. They have all the macro brews, as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over the country. They have locations in Somerville, Medford, Cambridge, and Malden, and online ordering through Drizzly and Minibar. Uh, if you want to learn more, check out SaveMoreSpirits.com. That's S-A-V-M-O-R Spirits.com. All right, welcome to Brews and Bruins Friday bonus episode, uh, a little bit of a crossover episode. Uh, my normal co-hosts, Drew and Cam, are not here. They're off skiing together, which I'm hoping turns into some kind of content and not into physical harm. Uh, are those I'm the only two with... options? <laughs> I think fun might be the other option, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm here with my... Uh, Bowlet, Burritos and Other Less Important Things, a movie podcast, co-host Zach Phyllis. How are you? How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm back in my childhood bedroom because I'm visiting my folks uh, for Christmas. One of those, get tested, don't see anyone for two weeks, and then hang out with the two people that you do know uh, around this holiday season. <laughs> you know, just trying to be uh, safe, but also not go crazy living in New York during this whole time. Yeah, I spent my... My Christmas in San Diego. Uh, didn't haven't seen my parents in about a year, so uh, looking forward to when that is over. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, so the reason why you're on Zach, uh, we got some questions about Treehouse uh, Brewery Brewing Company. I forget what they call it. I think it's Treehouse Brewing but, Company. And uh, I am not super experienced with them. I've had their beer a couple of times. I've never been to the brewery. Um, and I feel like for a lot of people who live in the Boston area, it's kind of a trek. It's not too far away, but it's like, it's a whole thing. It's in Charlton, um, which many things yeah. aren't in. <laughs> I believe it's closer to Springfield than it is to Boston. And then it's, I think, closest to Worcester. It um, is from Amherst, Mass. It was about a 50-minute drive out there. Okay. So right in the, um, like, south central Massachusetts area. Yeah, so I guess the question is, uh, if you are that far away, is it worth it? Is the beer worth it? Is the experience worth it? Uh, definitely. So I will give a few caveats. In COVID times, it is, uh, they now do online ordering and pickup. So one of the big things with treehouse beforehand was the comically long lines there were i have been there i don't know about five times total in my life which is medium for the average treehouse person i feel like people either go one time or 50 times and five is a pretty rare amount 
Um, <laughs> but in the past, I have had to get there early, wait in an hour and a half line, pick up as much beer as I possibly could because I don't normally live in the area. I live in New York. And this was a let's grab what we possibly can to bring back. Because one of the big things about Treehouse is they don't um, – the only place you can get their beer is at the brewery itself. There is the black market that exists, but you will never find this in a bar, in a bottle shop, in a liquor store. So it's this kind of um, intentionally hard to find very incredibly good beer. And while I was home this time, I realized that they did some online ordering and contact, contactless pickup. And it was just about as easy as you could possibly do. Things open at 9.30. I ordered one thing. You have to pick it up that day. You know, there's a line of cars you go through. They call your number in and out. In non-pandemic times, it is more of a experience. You're standing in line with hundreds of other people waiting to both pick up cases of beer and try some stuff that they have on site there. They recently moved into a absolutely gorgeous new facility in Charlton, which is sprawling, huge, has like a spillover parking lot down the, the like private street that there is a shuttle for because it's so far away. It's like uh, Six Flags or something like that <laughs> down there where yeah. they have their own, you know, private security system. <laughs> um, and it is, you know, you could spend your full day there. Um, but right now it is a grab and go. So it is, it's, it's a very different experience from what it usually is. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're not into the whole experience is probably a good time to go give it a try and, and get in and get out. And, um, if you, if you want the whole thing, then probably do that at some other time. Yes. And one thing that they're doing right now is they're doing these sampler cases. So their beers are about, I don't know, five, six, seven bucks. You know, one of the normal, very high-end brewery cost. Um, but they're making these pre-made cases where the one I got is 24 beers, and I think 18 of them were different. So you're able to sample some of their IPAs, which they're, you know, which was what made them famous and they're known for some of their Imperial Stouts, which are incredible and all like 10 to 12%. Uh, and then some of their kind of one-off uh, weeded ales, smoked porters, stuff like that, um, which is okay. a really nice way to try out a few of the different things that they have. All right. So as a fellow uh, Western Massachusetts mass hole, whatever. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I prefer West, uh, Masshole way more than Western Massachusettsian. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess uh, if if I'm back in the area and and like things are normal, I'd like to have that experience. I've I've only ever had their beer. I've never actually like gone to the place. So if we're ever back together, I'll we'll do that. If we're ever together again, ever that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, but this is Good definitely a go with a friend, make a day out of it kind of experience. Um, um, and they have so much space outdoors now that I think you're allowed to hang out on site, try. I think when I was there, you got two tickets to try two different things. 
they don't want you milling around for too long just because there's so many people coming there. You know, they have cops staked outside to direct traffic. It's it's like it takes up the whole area. So because it is so exclusive to picking it up at the brewery or finding some guy under a bridge to sell you it out of the back of his trunk. All right. So what are you drinking? So I am drinking one of their kind of more standard beers. It's their green they have Julius, which is their flagship original standard New England IPA. And then they have a few offshoots of green sap, which are their standards. So I am always excited to have this. It is just the kind of pinnacle of a great 7% New England IPA. All right. One of the few times that we've recorded a podcast together where I can actually open the beer into the microphone, <laughs> which is normally frowned upon. All right. Well, I've got a Crooked Lane Mandarin Pale Ale, uh, a 6.1% American Pale Ale. Beautiful. It's, uh, it's weird. I forget exactly when Treehouse started. I think it was like early 2000 or 2010s like 2010 2011 and it was this this real mythical figure for a while where like heady topper it was so so hard to come by back then that if you could manage to find one can of it it was absolutely incredible um now heady topper has kind of expanded at least in the northeast to bars and restaurants and bottle shops but treehouse has stuck to their their like founding principle of if you want to get this beer, you have to get it here. Um, which is yeah. something I commend and kind of hate. Yeah. Our, our West coast version of, I guess probably more heady topper than, uh, than anything Treehouse does is uh Russian river mm-hmm. doing the, the Pliny, the elder and, um, and th- those are more available now than they used to be. But I, I think they're, they're still coveted as as one of the best beers around. Yeah, and they aren't really resting on their loyals and making only one or two of their same beers. They've like expanded incredibly into this giant new space and are trying a bunch of new shit and have tried to make their brewery more, you know, friendly to actually visiting it. So they're injecting a ton of stuff back into the Charlton community and, you know, building a center that people want to actually go to but it is still annoying as someone who has to like wait in line for a few hours <laughs> that that's the only way you can get it all right well what are some other breweries that you would recommend to people who live in anywhere from central to western mass or if you have any boston area breweries that that as well Sure. One of my favorites is Stone Cow, which is a little east of the Quabbin out in Bear, Massachusetts, um, which is built on a, a family farm. And it's this real giant sprawling um, location where super family friendly. Uh, I went there with my parents a few times and, you know, very good beer brewed right on site. They have a whole barbecue pit smoker set up um hundreds of seats and tables live music there and it's somewhere that you can go and spend a full afternoon 
bring anyone and everyone, even if they don't love beer, they'll have a great time and it's a good hangout spot. So I would definitely recommend Stone Cow. Um, I, you, you have never been there, right? No. Um, once you're allowed back on the East coast, I think, uh, I think Dave would have a, a, a decent time there. Yeah, he should probably get out of the house sometime. Not now, though. Some other time. No. <laughs> um, as far as other breweries, Progression Brewery in Northampton, um, which I think sprung up last year or two years ago, uh, makes a ton of... It's it's a classic New England brewery where they make a ton of really good IPAs and then a good porter or stout, and that's kind of their whole lineup. Um, but is you know 15 minutes from here and makes incredible beer um in the other end i know hermit thrush has kind of become a local celebrity as well which is located in brattleboro vermont that only does sours and you can find their stuff distributed i think throughout the east coast but if you go to their actual brewery itself they have a lot of the one-off barrel-aged really hard to find but super delicious beers that cost like 18 bucks a can kind of thing and those are worth picking up one or two and trying it out and uh and it's a it's a sour like nothing i've tried before cool so one of my favorite um local spots and then i will say uh the hangar in amherst which purchased amherst brewing company beers are surprisingly good for a sports bar not bad. God, remember sports bars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, let me say two two breweries that I've never mentioned on the podcast, I don't think. Um, East Hampton has kind of a burgeoning brewery scene, and uh, Abandoned Building and New City are two really good ones. Abandoned, abandoned Building has some of the best, you know, affordable liquor store IPAs I've ever had um, for a four-pack. cool (laughs) uh and if you're in the western mass area and aren't much of a beer drinker more of a cider drinker artifact cider just opened up in florence that does a lot of the you know small batch but you know really well balanced i don't love sweet ciders i am more of a dry cider person myself uh, and they have a lot of options, but mainly I think focus on dry ciders and blends and stuff like that. So would highly recommend they opened up a new space in Florence, which is, you know, the kind of classic turn an old garage into somewhere that you'd actually want to hang out. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- that's <laughs> it's a good move uh, for a space like that, because, I mean, typically... You know, you don't want people ruining floors by spilling things, and uh, concrete floors are always good for that. It it is crazy how, what eighty percent of breweries look the exact same. A lot of them with the uh, with the like garage door mm-hmm. that you pull up for artifact the has that a hundred percent. That's uh, fall brewing in San Diego. It's it's where can we find old industrial space that we can trick people into thinking is a cool place to hang out. And I have bought that hook, line, and sinker oh, yeah. so many Absolutely. times. Absolutely. 
uh yeah old old wooden floors are, are big too mm-hmm. with like the wrought iron huge... yeah that too um yeah it's uh i mean it's a scam but <laughs> hey but we're all here falling for it. for it and we're <laughs> fine with it <laughs> totally how how happy do you think big shuffleboard is that craft breweries are a thing i mean about as happy as they are mad that cruise ships are no longer a thing so yeah i think those kind of balance each other out uh in new york uh i went to a kind of it's it's called industry city so it's a bunch of like small restaurants and bars and stuff like that in this old industrial factory setting and they had this uh, French version of bocce called patonk, which is okay. which is just a smaller and harder to play version of bocce <laughs> because it's like a gravel field with like giant chunks of rock, so your ball doesn't roll straight. Great, and you kind of just toss it up. And I was like, this isn't a real game. Like this. <laughs> You're you're making us think this is fun because you just had a bunch of extra gravel and a few like bocce balls and have turned this into something that other people think is fun. Well, you bring up a good point. Um one so I will say the uh the Austin, Texas brewery scene is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh not only because they have a lot of really good beers, but a, a lot of their brewery spaces are huge. Mm-hmm. And most breweries have a gigantic outside area for playing games and stuff like that. And I think if you, if you haven't been there, once travel is an acceptable thing, I would say it's a great beer destination. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about Stone Cow. They have multiple ostriches and a mini horse <laughs> that hang out in the same little stall area. So what more do I need to say? No, you you got that. I'm hook, line, and sinker. I'll be yeah. there. God, ostriches mean as shit. Yeah, uh, um, I wouldn't go near an ostrich. I don't think. What about a mini horse? I would look at them. They're pretty dumb. A uh, mini horse. Yeah, yeah, I'd go near a mini horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and their barbecue is pretty great as well. I think not not the mini horse, but they stone. don't they don't barbecue mini. Horse. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an ethical issue that we don't need to go into on this podcast. Probably not. Um, so I, I live in New York City, and there are a few breweries that are kind of popping up now. Uh, Fifth Hammer out in Brooklyn has become one of my favorites and has grown from one that had like two or three beers, I think, right when it opened, to having a really diverse lineup of saisons and sours and stouts and ipas and kind of every single thing you can think of and i really appreciate breweries that are doing that and are kind of experimenting and some things don't work and they kind of know it but you know you try and you figure out uh what works what doesn't rather than just having what three beers total yeah on the other side other half which makes some of the best IPAs kind of just makes IPAs and they're incredible at it, but they make a lot of IPAs. 
Uh, and the last one, which I think has the best um, brewery itself in New York City, uh, is Grimm, which is out in Brooklyn as well. Has this really nice, again, garage store, uh, garage door style, but uh, everything's painted white, so it feels a little bit different. Um, nice floral, planty uh, brewery out there so so like rising tide in portland a little bit i've never oh yeah yeah yeah. um oh we went there we went there uh i'm i'm on a record on this podcast saying i didn't like their beer so no need to pump their tires for any reason okay yeah their beer was not good um and i also didn't like their brewery all that much Uh, no it was weird um i so cam lives in portland gotcha um moved there pretty recently and i think he and drew went there together when he was up there um and i think they both liked the space and but it seemed like more like a time where you could be outdoors and stuff and we were there when it was fucking cold out it was and what it was nighttime two years ago yeah the it was day, about two almost? years ago yeah i think so probably December yeah we went 20th. right before we went right before christmas i believe yeah um we hit what five breweries that day yes i think that was the number but don't hold me to it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't eat until we got in at noon and didn't eat until like nine. We we had the we had the lunch at like two at uh we had uh, duck fat lobster rolls and chowder. Oh yeah yeah, and then we did duck fat at like nine p.m. for dinner. Yep, which was way was... way too long in between those two meals. Way way too many beers in between that as well. And we went to that um, cocktail bar. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Um, I think I think no, it was so, a great idea. Fair, sure. Um, Portland breweries, I think my favorites were Bissell Brothers. Bissell was definitely um, my favorite, followed by Oxbow. Oxbow was, yeah, that farmhouse ale is something else. Um, and I appreciate breweries that are focused on things that aren't IPAs. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, they're a farmhouse Saison kind of brewery, um, and Hermit Thrush is a sour focused brewery and we need more of them because there are so many others that just kind of do standard fare IPAs and then a token stout or two. Yeah. There's something to be said for going to a brewery and having a type of beer. That's not like the 12th best style that that brewery makes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like if you go to Oxbow and have their farmhouse, like that's their an yeah. excellent, an excellent beer. That's like the beer that they do. Um, but if you have like a farmhouse style from somewhere else, that's probably not what they do usually. Mm-hmm. I think except for like what you said, it's blueberry ale, just no thank you in totality to something like that. <laughs> that is one of the beers that I've seen at every single liquor store for the longest time and just never had it. Um, yeah, I'm all set on that. Um, there are, there are a few like old school new England breweries. Um, Oh, what's the Sam Adams beer that's in all their mix packs that, Oh, the cherry wheat, cherry, cherry wheat. Uh, And then there's like old Fezziwig chocolate box or whatever chocolate box in there. And that was the thing that I would, like, 
steal out of the garage when my dad bought it when I was 20. And it was, I thought that's what beer tasted like. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, no. What, what, what were they thinking? Yeah, I think I've I've mostly had those beers at your parents' place. Um, although my, my parents definitely bought a few of those for like New Year's Day parties mm-hmm. or whatever. It's the winter sampler that has six good beers and two just tire fires. Yep. Um, but shouts to Sam Adams. Uh, we hope to collaborate with you guys at some point. So never mind on all that stuff. <laughs> all right, that sh- that should do it. I think uh, unless you have anything else important to say. No, I was just trying to think of anything else about Treehouse that might be helpful to tell people. I think we're beyond it. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to this bonus episode of Brews and Bruins. Uh, Thank you, Zach, for joining. Happy to be here. Um, Hope everybody has a happy New Year.